0: Of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy, there is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head.
1: Cheers! Awesome, 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 with you.
0: That's awesome that you're awesome. I'm glad I'm Awesome. Joe, I'm Joe and this is episode 30. Nice even number. Um, today I want to talk about a couple things just before we dive into the interview. Um, I did put up some things on my, if you go to my personal Instagram, just a couple things that I think um, people have been asking me about like cameo and stuff for a while. And like, I don't really care when people do it. It's just not something that I have ever felt like super Comfortable with doing um, just because I felt like I wanted to find a way that I can, you know, if I'm going to take someone's money, I want to be able to provide them with something valuable that's something that can be useful in a way. So I was really excited to partner with these two companies, one of which uh, the owner of um, I have on the podcast in an upcoming episode, and that is called Featured X. Really, really cool platform, but basically if you go to FeaturedX.com, you can search through hundreds of artists that you can choose to play on your songs, um, whatever you kind of need. So I have one up there where you can have me do vocals, bass, guitar, orchestration, drum programming, production, whatever. Um, So if you check out FeaturedX.com, you'll be able to find me on there, and if you want to work with me, that's a great way to do it. Uh, The second one, little less formal is, um, it's called elite reviews. And there's a link on my Instagram for that as well. And this one is really just, if you have a single or a music video or a song you're working on or anything like that, it's kind of like a cameo for reviews. So you can have me review your music video, song, album, whatever. I can do a video review, write it out. You know, we can talk about what that looks like. Um, so if that's something you want to do as well, also on my Instagram. That is called Elite Reviews. Okay, so for this week, uh, I have on Elijah of American Teeth. I was actually super pumped about this one because I don't get to have a lot of, like, alternative pop acts on, and uh, Elijah is not only an alternative pop act, but a really, really, really good one at that. So a new signing to Fearless Records, so we're label homies, and um, we actually have some mutual friends in common as well. So this one was cool. Um, pretty good stories. Um kind of a hustler um really just is starting to launch his like formal music career just over the past couple of years and before it was just kind of hustling and you know he was doing it but it, it's just kind of all popping and exploding right now for him so cool to have him on and just you know hear how excited he is about everything and i'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes so let's send it right over to elijah and yeah here we go And I'm here with Elijah from American Teeth. Elijah, thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, super stoked. So I, I uh, have intentionally, I know we just went through the layout of the podcast before we started recording, but I've been withholding some information here. Um, mm. Just one little thing um, that I want to share with you. But before we do that, because that's the first thing we're <laughs> going to talk about, um, why don't you just give a brief introduction to who you are? Uh, where you're from and where you're at now and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I
1: grew up in South Portland, Maine. So I'm originally an East Coast boy, um, New England. And Me too. Uh, you are? Okay. Yep, I'm Boston. Oh, sick. I love Portland, though. Yeah. I keep mm-hmm. meeting people from New England. Yeah, There's everyone's out here. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, grew up in Maine. Um been playing music for most of my life my mom started me on the classical violin violin when i was about mm. three years old so i did that uh for the first i would say 10 to 15 years 10 15 years of my life and kind of got into guitar because i thought violin was really lame when i was about 12 years old right <laughs> um and uh wanted to play pop songs and sing and that's what got me into the songwriting stuff Yeah, when I was about like 14, 15, um, and really kind of just fell in
0: love with that and have been doing that ever since. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. So um, my my little tidbit of information, and, and I'm hoping – I wanted to start with this because it's something uh, – I, I we have a mutual friend. Oh, um, okay. That's probably someone that um, – well, no one's really going to know who they are on here. Uh, listening, but um, does the name Tanner Conley mean anything to you? Uh, from May- from South Portland, Maine? Well, no, you know him from out here. Oh, um,
1: oh, um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Actually, so, he's
1: a park ranger,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I grew up with him, um, uh, like f- his older brother who uh sadly passed away. Um, was like one of my closest friends growing up. So Tanner and I have been very, very close for a long time. So when you um, (laughs) signed to Fearless, he texted me and he's like, dude, a friend of mine just signed to the same label as you. You guys got to meet and hang out.
1: Dude, that's so funny. This world is fucking small.
0: Nuts, right? (laughs) Wow. Um, But yeah, listen, I want to go into uh, your story. Uh, Our fan base has been like really, really into like – you know, the entire thing in detail, like your first bands, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and really like what you did in your life to get you to the point where, you know, now you're signed to fearless. You have uh, amazing music coming out, by the way. I fucking love it. Thank um, you. I've been jamming it. Like when we got the email, email asking to have you on, I recognized the name from my buddy Tanner. And then I've been like jamming it since. Uh, so dope. it's fucking awesome. I love it. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah, of course. So yeah, why don't you talk You said you started playing at a very early age, right? Like 3 years old? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was me too. I played piano at 3. So I think oh, we wow. have a similar <laughs> thing there. So, um yeah, what was that like playing violin super early and then wanting to like transition into Everyone goes through that, right? Where you just want to pick up a guitar. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, now I I credit my early violin days to um, my ability to to listen and hear music and like my intonation and things like that, the mm-hmm. technical, you know, musical abilities that I picked up from that and having to hear pitch and be really, you know, uh, cognizant of that. Um, right. The instrument itself is pretty fucking hard to play, dude. Like I haven't taken lessons in a long time now, so... I'll pick it up once in a while and I actually recently have started using it a little more and incorporating it a little more into the more recent stuff I've been working on. Nice. Um, which has been fun, but I'm noticing that
0: like a lot of the technical stuff um, was lost in time. Yeah, that, dude. Isn't that uh, interesting so how that works? Yeah. Like you it, it you would think it is like riding a bike and it is for like the most part, right? But I've even noticed since I stopped, you know, taking Piano lessons and stuff like that, I, I've lost some of the technical ability too, for sure. Yeah. That's Which just, practice. A bummer, but yeah. I may or may
1: not like dig in and do that again, but uh, it's, I, I, I'm at a level at least where I can, um, you know, do what I need to do for the music that I'm making right now. Mm-hmm.
0: So maybe I will. Um, yeah. So how did you train? You said you transitioned into guitar, and then were you just playing? under your own name at that point or did you start like a a band or anything like that
1: yeah i was just going on under my own name for a majority of like the first part of my songwriting you know performing kind of artist career when um, would you say that kind of started that started when i was probably i i think i was 14 i was making like um making pretty simple songs and recording them myself and they didn't sound that great, but I would like burn them on CDs and bring mm-hmm. them to
0: school and like give them to girls and my friends and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and were, were you were playing shows at the time too, or, or just like kind of writing. Just writing
1: and, and putting stuff on like MySpace and pure volume and shit like that. Um,
0: yeah. I, I always did. found that interesting people that started doing that because that i f- I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like at a younger age like that, it takes a lot of balls to put yourself out there. Yeah,
1: I think I was a lot better. I think I thought I was a lot better than I was too. So <laughs> <laughs> at the time I was like, oh, like I'm the only one doing this around here. Like I didn't have a lot of people that I knew. I didn't really have anyone that I knew that was doing that. So yeah. I felt like there was no one to compare myself to. And, of you know, there was... People I was fans of, you know, on MySpace and stuff. But I was like, Mm -hmm. no one in my school is doing this shit. So I'm, I'm that guy.
0: (laughs) I could do this. People will like believe it. (laughs) That's funny. Were Were you like into the local scene? Yeah, yeah. I would go to um,
1: shows. There's this band called Sparks the Rescue. You probably heard of them. Oh yeah, I know
0: those guys very well. Yeah, I used to go to
1: some of their shows. Uh huh. Um, That's funny.
0: There were some other just uh, random. I'm trying band. to remember all the all the main bands that I I remember. Wasn't that too late? The hero is from there. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember yeah. them, yeah. and I remember there was this amazing band called the Cambiata, but that was a long oh, time yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh my I've god, man. Heard of them, mm-hmm. they are incredible. The Cambiata. Um, how do you, you might I don't. I hope you don't mind asking. What? How old are you? Yeah, I'm 30. Okay, cool. So we're around the same age. So we might know a lot of the same stuff from that time that's why i ask yeah Um,
1: probably
0: yeah okay i was playing i'm trying to think i'm 14 yeah i probably was playing out shows at that point and like i was in like a a metal band with people way older than me and then um later on i ended up being in a band called the venetia fair and we did a lot of new england okay at that time but i don't think we ever did maine maybe we did yeah, weird. We were, we were definitely the
1: furthest up there, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There, I I just saw it. We played like the state theater or something, I yeah. want to say, yeah, at yeah. some point. Yeah. That's it's a cool uh, spot.
1: Who did I see at the state theater around that time? I saw uh, Trapped, Smile Empty Soul. Oh, my God. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Dude, I still fuck with Smile Empty Soul. Dude, that's the bottom of the bottle band, right? i do it with a drum. Yes. That song kicks ass. So good, bro. Yeah. Uh, I I love that song. Yeah, Um, That's really funny. I haven't heard that name in forever. (laughs) Um, Is Trapped the band that's like the big Twitter beef band now? I think so.
1: Yeah. I think they're like not cool dudes, but I don't really follow. I haven't really followed them since they had like their moment like back in the day. So I I think I heard like talk of that. But um, I haven't really kept up with that, so but, <laughs> I <haven't>
0: either, but <laughs> it's that just song, funny.
1: They had some good songs. There was the, the record that had that like
0: radio hit on it. I remember uh, really fucking with that one. I don't think I ever got super into Trapped, but I remember <laughs> this Smile Empty Soul. Yeah, uh, I really liked that. That's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Yeah. All right, cool. Hell yeah. So you were playing under your own name. Uh, this was like freshman year, like early high school, around that time. Mm-hmm. and so what happened next just yeah. kind of
1: continued that i continued that i like got really i i had like you know i was in the scene i was doing a lot of like i was playing drums and like singing like green day covers and stuff at friends parties and stuff in like cumberland county which is like a little more outside of portland because i had a big group of friends out there that were like in the scene so i used to like do a lot of cover stuff in like people's basements and, shit right. and like try to sprinkle like a An original song in there but then i then i kind of caught this wave of like the singer songwriter like pop like kind of john mayer vibe like more Mm -hmm. like you know then i got into like sublime and like really wanted to like be the southern california kid like skater surfer kid Uh (laughs) Um, uh-huh so i kind of like switched lanes a little bit
0: i wanted to do i wanted to be that Oh yeah. But but I was never cool enough. Like mm-hmm. I wanted I, I like wanted to know how to skateboard and surf and, and like sublime. <laughs> yeah, man. But like I couldn't figure it out. I
1: was um determined as well. My friends and I, I mean, we could actually surf as in Maine pretty easily. Yeah, I, I used it's to try directly. to go in
0: York. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, that's sick. So I would say it's, it's funny. I think Sublime is still, like, one of the bands where I know, like, almost every fucking song they put out. It's kind of yeah. crazy because I, I was super obsessed, and because of that, I still have this, like, remaining, you know, love. Let me ask culture. you
0: this just because it made me think of this question. Yeah. Do you think – is there is there someone more surprising uh, that people – or is there someone else that's that people would be more surprised that you would know everything they've done um like who are you like honestly I have like, favorites that I, everyone's I like I thought John I Mayer was be a it. surprise but maybe it's not <laughs> I get John Mayer more as like I guess from a songwriter standpoint you sure. know but sure. I could see that as a listener being kind of odd right for sure yeah.
1: it's definitely yeah. far from the type of
0: sound that I'm doing right now right right I mine is um, Matchbox Twenty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's probably. Cool.
1: So you're like know all of their shit.
0: Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, big time. I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone, no one believes me. Like when I, I had to take like video evidence when I went and see them when when I went and saw them just to prove to people that I'm actually a fan. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Oh, um, uh,
1: Marley. That's, maybe yes. maybe that's different, but like, yeah. he's like, at, for like old music, that is like, I know every Bob Marley song. Wow. And when I was like doing a lot of YouTube stuff that I did a Bob Marley cover and I look so different in this video, but that video <laughs> was the first one to like bust through like a, a million views. Like that's probably my really biggest, yeah. My highest viewed video on wow. YouTube for my, that's crazy. Shit. Yeah. When did you start doing that stuff? Uh, I started doing that. Um, I went to college in Chicago and uh, when I was about like 18. So um, that's when I started really like hustling on YouTube.
0: Is that kind of where you made your career, you think?
1: I think that's where it kind of started on the internet, started moving on the internet. Like mm-hmm. I also really liked this band Parachute. They're, I'm sure you've probably mm-hmm. heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Pop, pop punk kind yeah. of thing. I'm a big fan um, of Parachute as well. So good. Um, the songwriting mm-hmm. is also just so good. That mm-hmm. kind of – they actually kind of mix, like, the John Mayer vibe with the um, – Yeah, know, I, can, I, with I the totally
0: hear that, yeah.
1: Um, and I, I remember I did, like, this whole contest to try to open for them, and I was, like, second – I was, like, runner-up to oh. open for them in St. Louis when I was, like, 20 or something. But uh, – That would have been sick. Yeah. That, but that contest got me, like, a lot of fans at that time, which was cool.
0: Yeah, I'm always curious about this because this is, like, a – a very foreign world to me like the I'm and Josh knows this more than anyone which is why he has to do all the work for me because I I just like I'm horrible at like social media stuff so it's always I'm always interested to hear how people do that organically especially on something like YouTube like every time I feel like I want to put something out there I just don't really understand how to get people to look at it I'm just so bad at it hmm you know repetition <laughs> try it's just, it's just um, uh, the amount of content
1: i think yeah i think it's that i think it's um it now it's definitely important to like find a niche and kind of drill it home which uh is not my usual my natural way of doing things i like to just go with my gut feeling and go for something and if it doesn't necessarily match a specific thing then I don't care and I'll just do it anyways. But like at early, di- early YouTube days, you could kind of just do whatever the fuck you wanted. And it, it, there wasn't like at my understanding is there wasn't like an algorithm that was like really
0: categorizing stuff like hardcore. right or
1: it was Got a little it. more open, I
0: think. So it was just like people would stumble upon your stuff. Yeah.
1: Because there just wasn't as much stuff on YouTube. It was like earlier in the earlier in the. In Hmm. its lifespan, so I think it was just easier to get through to people. I was doing like Bob Marley stuff, and then I was doing like pop punk covers, and I was doing like Gavin DeGraw singer songwriter stuff, and kind of across the board. Were you
0: always recording yourself?
1: Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, my I was always I always had my setup like in my dorm or wherever I was, my apartment eventually, and actually around that same time that I was doing the YouTube covers, I was also like playing those covers live at um there was a sandwich shop in in the midwest i think there are probably other places now but Potbelly belly sandwich shops you probably know
0: uh, i i don't <laughs> they I've just opened one
1: in uh the boston airport so maybe oh you really can see it there but okay yeah, it's, they always have like musicians play uh from like 12 to 2 every day so that's how i like made a living for like a couple years and chicago was just playing like two hour shifts playing like acoustic covers and i would like hand out you know like business cards so people would follow me and shit so i was doing that were there people
0: there all the time
1: yeah but the problem was it was a lot of like business people so like Uh, on their lunch break wrong crowd like yeah corporate business people and like some of them appreciated it and would tip me like they definitely had more money but like The thing was, like, I was trying to reach, like, people my age and younger Mm -hmm. who would, like, be, like, actually come to shows and shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, but not a bad way to pay the bills, I guess, right?
1: Definitely not a bad way, And but since I had all the songs, I was doing that on YouTube, I was doing that in the popular shop, and then I would, like, go outside and play on the street so that I could, like, find young, like, because younger people would be, like, out shopping and stuff like that, so I would just be, like, go out to the street and put my case out and, like, be a street performer and, like do that hustle there too and in the subway i was just like anywhere i could i was just trying to do that were people ever
0: um did you ever get shit for doing that no because i know like i I know in boston it's like it's really hard to get like a license to do that on certain streets and stuff no it was pretty easy to get my permit and like you know i only did it for like a few years so yeah i think in boston it's like you have to audition i mean if you you know faneuil hall in boston yeah so if you want to play there you have to first play for a certain amount of time in harvard square and you have to like audition your stuff in front of like a panel or something that's hardcore yeah i think i could be wrong about that but that's what i've heard pretty nuts but they those i mean they make really good money in in faneuil hall yeah i could see that pretty nuts yeah, a buddy of mine did it for a while, and he was far makes far more money than I do <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it can be really lucrative if you get it if you do it right, you know. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, all right, cool. So you're YouTubing, you're playing on the street, you're kind of how would you say your fan base is at this point? Is it is it like actively growing or is it kind of stagnant act- or wh- what's actively it look like? Growing at this point. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, where are you seeing that mostly online? Yeah, on YouTube. Okay. And do you feel like? See, this is this is the stuff I'm super interested in. How do how does that translate? Like, if you have a video, like you said, you had a uh, the Bob Marley video that kind of went somewhat viral, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that translate to you playing a show or something?
1: Well. It didn't fully translate. I mean, I think it did. I I think there are still people that follow me on Instagram now that started following me from YouTube during those days. Sure, yeah, and they see me go through so many different, you know, stages, which is kind of which is crazy to me because I've done a lot of different things since then.
0: You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just scrolling. Th- I just search your name on YouTube and I'm scrolling through everything, and it's definitely eclectic. And I hit a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, because I was like pumping out a lot of videos, but at one point, how many videos do you think you, you, you put out? If you had to guess, I probably put out a hundred videos. Wow. That's a lot. Um, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. But I I do believe that it like, it like got me some kind of
0: lifetime fans, which was really cool. That's great. So what was it like when you were playing out? Was it, were you still? Were you playing originals at this point too? Like, yeah. Or definitely. were you playing shows that were just all originals, or was it kind of like yep. a bar restaurant gig? Yeah. I was. Gig. I was also booking like shows with my friends, like
1: bands that were at my school because I was also going to classes and like, you know, right. What school,
0: school did you go, you go to? I went to Columbia College in Chicago. Gotcha. My sister went to school in Chicago, so I would. Go, oh, I, I kind of know it a little bit. Yeah, um, it's in the South Loop. It's it's cool. It's like an art school. Nice. Um, and what kind of venues were you playing? I'm trying to remember some of the rooms out there. Let's see. see. I played, I um,
1: always liked sub T. Yep. I played sub T. Yeah. I played double door when it was open. Mm -hmm. They're closed now. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was a really cool venue. Um,
0: I played (sighs) beat kitchen. Yep. I really, we, I just played there with my, uh, other band actually. And just, well, it's not just. Yeah. It was actually over a year ago. It's just like some of the most recent shows. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> Kitchen is cool. Yeah. Uncommon Ground.
1: Uh, oh, wow. I, yeah. Oh, that God. was like the singer-songwriter spot. mm mm-hmm. um, I played... Man, I loved the Chicago scene. Dude, I, I played like every venue. I didn't... I didn't play... Oh, I played... Um, Shubas which is fucking dope. I love Shubas. I don't know that place. They own Lincoln Hall, which I also played mm-hmm. one time. Shuba's. Um but I the only show, the only like venue that I wish I had played that I haven't played yet in Chicago is uh the Metro.
0: Oh, I've never played the Metro. I've been to the Metro. Yeah. Um yeah, that place rules. It's really dope. Such a cool room. Chicago has that Um, the house of blues there is beautiful. Um, Oh yeah.
1: I played the house of blues there. Yeah,
0: it is. What a great room that is. Um, but the, um, the stairs are the worst. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you have to go, did you, um, have to park underneath?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my God. A little like
1: underground bat cave.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I heard a story about this band one time, um, that, emptied their um they were parked somewhere there's like multiple levels in some places right of those like streets where like there's streets on top of streets on top of streets yeah and they're all graded and there was a band parked somewhere on their bus and they emptied their um i guess toilet stuff i don't know what you call that the reservoir
1: sewage or something
0: yeah out not thinking and it went through the grates on top of like all these cars and shit
1: (laughs) that's so fucking
0: (laughs) and they got like a really really big fine (laughs) like really really big (laughs) damn that's nasty (laughs) yeah pretty nuts Also hilarious yeah i don't know what band it was i i gotta find out i gotta find out and have them on just to tell the story definitely yeah that's all right um okay so did was this kind of going on all through college? Yeah. Yep. And then did you make your way out to LA right after school?
1: Yeah, uh, a couple of years after school cuz I stuck around and I I moved into a house with three other songwriters, producers, um and we were we just had like this music house where we were just like making music every day together nice. and I was working at, at a sushi restaurant and doing and just making music and partying and stuff at for those couple of years, and uh-huh. we were playing tons of dope shows. Um, and we would like play together, play with our friends, other bands. It's like a good, you know, community of uh, Chicago yeah. bands and musicians. So it was just in that for a few years doing that, and then um, I decided to come out to LA because I wanted to start co-writing more with people. Uh, kind of more in the pop space right on the writer side and then also just you know expand my network and I also have been obsessed with Southern California since I was a kid so I was like if now there's no better time than now for me to get the fuck out of cold Chicago and be like a California boy
0: yeah uh sorry Dave, Josh just texted me a link it oh, was yeah. Dave Matthews band. <laughs>
1: Yo, that's so funny. <laughs> that that, that that's is insane. insane dude. That, that's pretty good. I can't wait to go back and look at my Google search history and see banned fine for dumping sewage at oh Chicago. Oh, my God. House of
0: Blues. Right. Dude, it's pretty good. The liquid waste was brownish yellow in color, had a foul, offensive odor. The liquid waste went into passengers' eyes, mouths, hair, and onto clothing and personal belongings. <laughs> Some of the passengers suffered nausea and vomiting as a result of the exposure to human waste. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, my (laughs) God. It was over a tour boat. It was on a bridge. Oh, my
1: God. This sounds like a fucking movie.
0: Roughly two-thirds of the 120 passengers aboard the tour boat were soaked. (laughs) Holy shit. That's that's disgusting. Damn, $70,000. Can you imagine you're, like,
1: visiting from, like, St. Paul, Minnesota. Just like for a nice little ride down the river, and you just get dumped, like dumped on by shit. You get Dave
0: Matthews piss and shit dumped on top of you. (laughs) That's insane. There's the episode clip for this week. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. There we go. Perfect. Um. All right. So sorry. Had to had to interject that. So you made your way out to LA. What? So. Talk, talk to me about this a little bit, because I just moved out here in April. Oh, nice! Um, and I've resisted being here for a long time, and 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 now that I'm here, uh, I don't. I regret doing that because I'm out here for the same reasons that you are. I I do a lot of co writing and stuff, and it's just much easier being around the people I'm working with. Sure. Um, but was there like that? I guess I'm trying to word this the right way. I never had the like weird or that fascination with LA lifestyle, and every time I had been here, I'd kind of been like, "I don't really get this." And there definitely is a part of me that still is like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you have that? Like, were, were you like someone that's like, "No, LA is where I want to be always."
1: I <clears throat> I wanted to be in LA or New York City, and. Okay. I had been in cold places for so long.
0: Mm-hmm. So it was, was a, like, a weather thing.
1: It was a weather thing, but also just like I wanted to be in a place where I was close to the artists, like the pop right. artists that I wanted to work with mm-hmm. and the big producers that I wanted to, you know, work with. Just like I wanted to be a part of the pop scene. And yeah. I always do that. Um, When did I you move out here? What year was that? Music too, but- Um, I moved out here, I want to say 2016, end of 2016. Okay. So
0: you've been out here for a bit. Yeah. Almost five years. Yeah. All right. So you move out to LA Mm -hmm. and, um, I was reading your bio. Well, let's, I won't jump there yet. Um, so when you get to LA, did you like dive right in or did you need time to kind of acclimate?
1: No, I, I dove right in. I was yeah. I had been doing a few trips to write for my project with uh, some other songwriters that uh, my manager had set me up with, who are nice. some of them I still write with frequently. Actually, um, my first session was with my friend uh, Colin Deaton, who co-wrote uh, my song "Too Late" with me. Oh, okay, for- nice. Yeah. So, and we hit it off quickly, and we we write together a bunch and. Still, so, yeah, I'd already, like, made some connections with writers who I liked working with just by traveling out here, here and there.
0: Wait, but is it, is Colin Deedon the dude from um, Little Hurt? Is he in a band?
1: He has a project now called Little Hurt. He used to be in a band called the Mowgli's. The Mowgli's,
0: Yes, I've met, I've, I have met him. Yeah, he's dope. Yeah, I thought it was him. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wasn't sure if I recognized the name yet. I had to Google it. <laughs> sure, yeah. Cool. All right, sorry. Uh, so you were out here working with people just immediately. That's pretty mm-hmm. sick
1: yeah, that you had that awesome.
0: connection. Um, And so for a few years, well, what were you doing? Were you playing shows and stuff too? I was,
1: yeah. I booked a couple like small little shows in Hollywood, you know, those little like 80-cap rooms. Mm-hmm. I was doing that. Um, Colin was still in the Mowgli's at the time, so he took that first year. He took me on tour to open for the Mowgli's. Um, oh wow! It was nice. like a West Coast tour, which was really sick. That must have been sweet. It was awesome. So I had started. That to band make- is so fun. Yeah, those shows were always fun. Yeah, they're a really fun band. Yeah, so that was kind of my first like tour experience. Um, did that? That's not a bad first tour. No. Not at
0: all. My first tour experience was, um, man, I think more shows canceled than played. And the only real memory that I have from that tour is going to a backyard rave at one point. I don't know. That's fun, <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't like the tour experience. You no, know? nah, you went on a road different. trip and played a few shows. <laughs> right. That was when I was in high school, though, so oh, a little yeah. different. But yeah. that's different. That's fun, yeah. though. Yeah, it was fun. Um, okay, cool. So first tour with the Mowgli's. Did you see yep. a uh, a big response from that, like fan base growth or anything? I definitely saw fan base growth. Yeah, just you know, I don't. I wouldn't say it was like
1: astronomical, but you know, I love to perform. That's my favorite thing um Mm -hmm. you know besides writing but performing and like being an entertainer is like that's like when i'm doing that i feel like i'm fully doing my shit right um so you know it wasn't like a huge tour but i was so uh, super grateful to do it and to be able to perform and like play these shows with like a full audience and everyone was hyped and i definitely made a good amount of fans from that um that's great were were you playing
0: with a band or was it just solo
1: um, I was playing with a band. Yeah, I had a, a drummer and a keyboardist who also played bass. Sweet.
0: And also a little trio. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yeah, that definitely helps. I feel like if you're going out with a band like the Mowgli's, because they're so high energy. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So not a bad first tour. What What happened after that? Were you kind of riding that for a bit?
1: Yeah, after that, actually, my friends, uh, Dreamers, who we have the same manager, mm-hmm. so I've been friends with with those guys um, for a while. But they needed a guitar tech, so Nick, the singer, asked me if I wanted to guitar tech for them, and they would pay me and everything. And at the time, I like wasn't didn't really have a job or anything, so I was just like, "Fuck yeah, I'll go on a, another tour and get paid well and." right out with my friends for you know a couple yeah months. why not so, i ended up doing that i had never been a guitar tech before i was totally unqualified um was know, it I, hard i mean once i figured out what i needed to do it definitely wasn't hard
0: but See, dude i have been playing yeah. guitar for most of my life in bass yeah. and i don't know how to do a single thing on it <laughs> like <laughs> i have no amazing, honestly yeah like I, the I, like when I joined Ice Nine and had someone actually like do things to my instruments, I was like, "Holy shit! Like this uh, yeah. is this actually feels like I have imagined it's supposed to feel." Like right. I thought I might just be shitty. <laughs> no, you know? it's
1: just uh, we don't know how to how to do our shit. No, <laughs> change the strings correctly, and
0: you know, nope, nope. But, and I'm still bad at it too. Like I I forget to do things that. I, I really should just learn to take better care of my stuff. But yeah. yeah. It
1: definitely pays off to do that. I learned a lot um doing that though. We were on tour with the main and their guitar tech, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head, but he was super nice to me, being somebody who definitely just didn't know what the fuck I was doing and would just let me watch him. <laughs> right. So like yeah. while the main was playing, I would just like stand next to him and just like watch him just crush it and just uh-huh. be like, Oh, so this is what like an actual guitar tech looks like and does. And then I kind of just like took that info and like, you know, scaled it down
0: to what I was, what I had the abilities to do. <laughs> right.
1: We never had. Yeah, any some of those issues.
0: guys have like, uh, like crazy setups, right? Like a whole oh, station legit. for guitars with millions of drawers and all these crazy tools and stuff. Oh yeah. He was like fully setting up guitars, fully like, had a, like
1: a whole repair shop going back. I was like, dude, you're, he was an actual pro, you know?
0: So yeah. And I
1: was just like a friend for going along for the ride, basically. Who was
0: just like, yeah, I could
1: tune your guitar, Nick.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, we did that (laughs) thinking back on that. Like my old band took someone out to tech quote unquote tech for us. And now that I think about it, they didn't, they didn't absolutely nothing. I think they just changed strings. (laughs) I think yeah. that's
1: it. I helped with merch, which was good because. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a little of that too. It was mostly just having an extra body around was helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. I drove.
1: Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I kind of was just like a do everything kind of guy. So it was chill. I just yeah. was happy to like
0: go on tour and like party and have fun. Yeah. Why not? Paid. Yeah. That's great. Um, so you do this tour with them. Uh, what year was that tour? um probably 2018 okay a couple of years ago and then was the oh okay so was american teeth a thing at this point no american teeth became
1: a thing um like i want to say may or june of 2019 wow so this thing happened pretty quick yeah. I met uh, Colin Britton, who is the producer for American Teeth. He's, he's mm-hmm. like the main producer for American Teeth. I met him, yeah, like end of May or early June. We had our first session. <clears throat> I was just writing, and my manager paired me up with him, and we were writing with uh, – he pulled me into a session that he was in with Monkey from Corn.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: which was dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because Monkey is such a rad dude, I quickly found out. And uh, yeah, Colin and I just like vibed very quickly. And we made like this crazy song that day with Monkey. Uh, And then kind of from there, Colin was like, yeah, we should just keep making stuff. And so I think the
0: next session after that, we wrote Chemicals. That's sick. Yeah. So this was just like a a friendship that turned into... Well, it was a working relationship turned friendship that turned into a kind of project.
1: Yeah, we were like just stoked on the stuff we were making. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, we have like a – this is definitely a thing and, you know, we can operate so well, just the two of us. Like let's just like write for the summer and see what, what we come up with and we basically, you know, by the end of the summer we had enough to put out a EP, but we just started kind of releasing a song at a time independently Mm-hmm. Uh, from there. You, when did you put out your first song? Um, "Chemicals" came out. Hmm, I think it was September two
0: thousand nineteen. Wow. Okay. Yep. And then you. When did the? When did you start talks with Fearless? Um, we because you guys announced like this fall, right? Right. Right. But we started talking to
1: them around yeah probably around september october of 2019
0: yeah that makes sense yeah nuts so that's nuts man so you went to just working with this dude in like may to starting to talk to a lot of label a lot of labels like a few months later and Mm -hmm. then a year
1: after that well then then we released too late like in November and then we went on tour with Dreamers right in November, December.
0: Yeah. And that was just like a West Coast run, right? Yeah. Seeing the dates for that. Well, no, it
1: actually like we went to we started
0: in Chicago. So it was oh, kind of like Midwest okay. and West Coast. Yeah. Midwest, West Coast. And uh how was that? That was so fun, dude. Were those the first shows you had played as American Teeth? Yep. What was it yeah. like? It was ethereal. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like the the music
1: that I was just so hyped on. The music that Colin and I had been making and just had always imagined it live. Like I love to think about the live show and I'm creating, and to be able to like actualize that and see how it's received in right. real time is always like. It's like a drug for me. I love that shit.
0: Yeah. Well, dude, for what it's worth, I I I am fully envious that you get to play your songs live. (laughs) They just seem, they just seem like super fun songs live. And the new shit is even more fun. And I'm not just saying that because I'm excited
1: about it, but like I want 2021 to be like party, like dance vibe, not like like EDM dance, but you know, like I want people to be able to fucking dance to this shit
0: yeah dude i well i'm super stoked on it i am like i play in a metal band but like i pretty much solely listen to pop music hell yeah um so i was i was really excited when i when i found your music and stuff it's very like i don't know there's this there's this artist that i always put on after listening to you and there there's someone i'm actually josh you got to reach out to these guys to get them on they're like a band from minnesota called yam house oh have you ever heard of them i want to say
1: somebody on like tiktok commented like you should work with yam house or something i I think you'd be really
0: into it and it just really reminds me i mean you're you're a little more refined with the poppy stuff i think but it's definitely like similar in a way that i think if if there was like if you guys are on a tour together it would crush that's all i'm saying cool i'll check (laughs) it out you should definitely check it out it's great um, but super refreshing, especially for a label like fearless, uh, to put something like that out, I think is going to be awesome. I, I, I can't imagine how, I, I think your ceiling is incredibly high with this stuff. Thank you, man. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be super, super exciting to watch. Um, do you have an idea of when things are going to be, you know, out there or a release, a formal release? Well, we have.
1: We, we have plenty of music right now, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. We're kind of figuring out how how it's all going to come Still out. Still in the planning but... stages. Well, yeah, but um, I, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm just going to say it. I think we have a song coming out end of next month. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, if we need to edit it out, we can. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, cool yeah we can also Um,
1: probably we have so many that we could probably just release it after
0: that comes out yeah we can do that too we can save it till then um (laughs) that's great man all right well let's go back i want to talk about that tour real quick too because it was the first shows and everything now um when you were touring were you playing you were playing with a band as well
1: yeah yep i had um my friend trips on drums he's like an insane drummer. He's um, so good, and uh, he's. I met him. I met him out here in LA, and then uh, uh, this girl named Emily, who played guitar. She is a friend of Nick's from Dreamers, so I met her through him, and she was really rad and ripped some guitar on that tour. So it was the three of us for that tour. Nice. Another trio set up. Nice. How was the response? Really good. It was. Uh, I mean, that's by far the, you know, tour that got me the most fans. And um, it's nice because uh, I share a lot of fans with Dreamers at this point. And we just put out a song together yeah. like, a few weeks ago. With and you friends. guys are homies, right? Yeah. So that works. Yeah. So that was, I mean. Was
0: you got to have. Crowd surfed
1: uh, on. <laughs> wait, what? I, it was the first tour I crowd surfed.
0: Oh, I've never done that as a performer. Oh, I was so hungry to do that shit. I was like, well, I okay, want to I too. It's practice. just harder when I'm
1: not the front man. True. <laughs> that's true. Wait, what do you play?
0: I play bass. Okay. Yeah. That's a little harder. Yeah. And it's <laughs> especially bass, in our, our band. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Our band is a little too, uh, I mean, I guess it's, I'm in like a costume and stuff. <laughs> it's just, Wait, it's just harder. Did you
1: say you're in Ice Nine?
0: Yeah yeah oh yeah yeah totally that makes sense so it's a little bit ricky does our guitar player does it all the time but he's just wearing a raincoat so it's different right right yeah so you guys are
1: with fearless too then
0: yeah yeah sick yeah that's right yeah we love fearless it's a great place to be so good Um, yeah so um so you have a song maybe coming out next week maybe that won't be in this episode next month Um, next month sorry yeah um Anything else in the works? Yeah, you're you're writing still, right? Yep, I have. We've got a whole album, whole album, but no plans as to when. I'm not going to
1: say anything about when,
0: but I know when. (laughs) I'm really excited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 hard to kind of even guess, given the state of the world right now, what when labels are planning on releasing things or if things are going to get pushed or yeah, right. Um, a lot of uncertainty. A lot of uncertainty. I am certain that I have an album. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, what about tour plans? Have you started talking about that at all? I mean,
1: I would I will get on the road as soon as possible. Yeah, you know, I, there's nothing booked for me right now, but um I do have a festival booked in October which is like my my guiding light right, right now, my hope for Which one? A future um it's um it is the one in sacramento it's oh rock um after, after yeah oh that'll be great i'm um, so hyped, man who else is on that this year? i'm opening this i'm opening the day that uh my chemical romance headlines and mgk headlines
0: oh wow yeah oh my god yeah i'm looking at that day um metallica is headlining two days holy shit yeah And they they just announced another, another day, Limp Biscuit and Parkway Drive on Sunday. Yeah, Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Yeah, sick, nuts. Um, yeah, that's not a bad bill. Oh, and Bad Flowers playing the day you're playing. Oh, sick. Yeah, they're They're so sick. Yeah, Uh, Josh was my the singer was my second guest on this podcast. I think it was second. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, yeah, that's like a. Pretty thorough story. Uh, I'm super excited to see what happens. Um, like I said, I think your ceiling is incredibly high and sounds like you've got it all figured out. So I'm I, I can't wait to watch everything unfold for you. I'm I'm pumped. It's gonna be fun. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. Um, so for the last part of the episode, uh the way we always end it and is with tour stories. So if you've got a uh a juicy, funny one on deck or if you need a minute to think, that's fine. Um, yeah. but yeah. Let's do one. Dude, I have a funny one. It wasn't from the most
1: recent tour I did. It was from the tour I was guitar teching on okay. with uh, with Dreamers. Okay. Uh and I I think I've mended mended the, this thing since then, but uh I was driving uh the van and I can't remember where we were, but we were in the middle of nowhere at one point. And we had the back seat open to sleep, you know, the in in mm-hmm. one of the those van like, van kind of thing version thing. So we had like a mattress and stuff or whatever in the back and you know, you can open it up from the back. So we stopped to get gas. Uh, we're all kind of in the van chilling. I'm filling up gas. Uh, Jacob, the drummer for dreamers snuck out the back. Didn't like say anything. Cause he was like half asleep. I think um, went in, to like go to the bathroom or get something. And uh, it was like super early in the morning or late at night. Uh, It was early in the morning. And I got back in the van. Usually it's a kind of like, you look around, just make sure like visually that everyone's there. Probably should have been like, hey, (laughs) is everyone here? But people were sleeping, you know what I mean? So I was like, ah, everyone's here. Cool, I see everyone. Drive off. Two hours later. Oh
0: my god, dude. Two hours later. That's so bad.
1: <laughs> our TM, CJ the TM, gets an email from my man our manager, Ari, saying, I got an email from or no, I, I I can't maybe he I yeah, he got an email from Jacob's email from some random person's phone that we left him at that gas station, and his phone was in the van. Holy shit! Two hours
0: later, and I was like, "Fuck, this is definitely my fault." Oh my god, he must have felt like shit that no one noticed he was gone for two hours. He was so pissed, bro. He was oh so pissed at me. Did,
1: did at every, yeah? What happened? Him. He did you have to go back or did he like get get we had to go back yeah we had to go back and he didn't want to talk to me for a long for a minute (laughs) we eventually had to just like come to peace with it and like have a conversation but that shit was i felt so bad
0: bro holy (laughs) shit i mean i've done we've done the same thing but never for that long i think like 15 minutes it was a long time that was way too long Like and no one
1: else noticed he was gone either. That's the thing. It didn't fuck up any any travel like itinerary shit or anything. No, we somehow still made it to I can't remember. It might have been a travel day, but it must have been. That's like a four-hour detour. Yeah, I think it was a travel day. Actually, it's like a six
0: hour detour. (laughs) 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 Holy shit,
1: man. I know. I know.
0: That's pretty bad. We I don't this. really talk about it because I feel so bad about it. But fuck well, it, it's dude, like, okay. Look, look, funny. At, at every that that's an honest mistake. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, like yeah. that really is like a true honest mistake. Like that's Definitely. yeah. Come on. Like I, I'm not. I would never judge you for that. No, nah, no. Nah. We did this thing one time um, when I was in my old band. This this was in 2009 or 10. Um, my band Venetia Fair was on tour with this band called Kiss Kiss. And they mm-hmm. toured in this school bus, like a giant one, not a small one. Sure. And um, we were at a rest area, and this is the first day of the tour. So we had played one night. So this is the, the, the night before, and then this was like the first real day where we like left, right? Mm-hmm. And we were at a rest area, and we saw their bus parked there. Um, and those buses – they don't, the door doesn't close unless you're inside. Uh, right. Right. And no one was in the bus. So I just told my band to leave without me. And I went on their bus and like hid in the back. (laughs) Um, and they had stayed at my parents' house the night before. And so I got on the bus and I was hiding and I was going to like you know, jump out and be like, I'm, I'm on your bus or whatever. But they started like talking shit about my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. So you're just then in covert mode. Well, like even at that point, I knew that what all of the things that they were saying was true about her
1: because she was the
0: worst. But like, (laughs) it was awkward because I didn't want them to feel like, oh fuck. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So I like hid back there for like 45 minutes into like a seven hour drive. And finally I just like popped up and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so the surprise <laughs> was not as epic as you were hoping. <laughs> well, it still was pretty good. It-, it turned into more of a, like, I actually wish I had went longer. Like the- it, it would have been a really good joke if I never had popped up. Until like you arrived almost arrived or something. No, right. like, just like funny. when we arrived and I just got up and got off.
1: <laughs> Grabbed one of their like guitar cases and walked. Yeah, off. <laughs> just started unloading.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would have been great. That's funny um, though. Yeah, pretty good one. Um, all right, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh what have we done? Like an hour here? That's pretty good. Yeah. Not, not bad. bad. Um, and you're in LA, right? We should probably link up at some point when things are uh, safer um we should do some writing together since we're both doing that yeah man figure something out Write for some other people or whatever yep yeah i'll be around Um, for sure all right thank you so much again dude and um why don't you real quick before we wrap up uh where can people find you online and stuff okay you can find me
1: on instagram at american teeth official um twitter is american underscore teeth and TikTok
0: is American Teeth. They're all different ads. <laughs> all right, American Teeth, American underscore Teeth, and what was the other one? An American Teeth Official, American
1: Teeth Official. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I bet if you just type in American Teeth anywhere, it's just gonna pop up. So They'll that's probably up. the easiest.
0: All right, all right. Thanks again, dude. And uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. All right. Awesome.